Welcome to What God Has Done With My Pain, Season 2. Season 1 is a little bit more on the shorter side, um, but it is absolutely incredible that I even was able to launch a podcast. So round of applause for that because honestly, going in with absolutely no knowledge and it actually launching um, was a blessing within itself. Um, moving forward, though, with season two, there's going to be a lot uh, that is going to be new on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to have special episodes where it's more about the topic um, and not as much about interviews. We're still having interviews on the podcast. I just wanted to add um, episodes that also have there are things that I wanted to talk about, but I didn't want to do so during someone else's interview, if that makes any sense. So I'm incredibly excited that season one did come to a wrap. It is, again, on the shorter side, um, but that is simply because I felt led to kind of wrap that up and kind of give more attention to the podcast and other areas of my life to be able to kind of refine it a little bit more and also have more fun with it. So I'm just incredibly blessed that season one I had interviews, I had people I got to talk to and just so much empowerment and encouragement through all of those people. So yeah, with that being said, this is episode one of season two. I said this in season one and I really want to say it again in season two. I am by no means like a speaker. I am going to fumble over my words. I am going to probably miss a beat or two. But again, it's because I want this to be very authentic and I want it to just sound like, again, I'm just sitting across the table from you and we're having a conversation. Um, And again, like I also am not a theologian. I am just someone who truly loves God and I want others to find that same love and to find that peace that can be found alongside with Jesus. So... With that being said, I want to go ahead and just say that today's episode is called Highly Favored. And this is something that came to my mind or that came to the attention um, while I was reading my Bible. I was reading Joseph. And in Joseph, Joseph is a son who is highly favored by his father. He is his father's favorite son, and he is gifted a colored robe. Um, and his brothers become very jealous. They are not happy that, you know, Joseph has this beautiful robe and they don't like the fact that he's clearly the favorite one among all of the brothers. And so this starts a really difficult domino effect for Joseph, you know, it, it because of the jealousy of others, because of just the attention that he got from his father, it really put him in a difficult sort of course in his life. And I'll get into that a little bit more in a second, but I, I just want to really hit on why I named the podcast or this episode Highly Favored. Um, because God seems to have a very clear and consistent theme that we are highly favored by him. We are loved. We are cared for. He wants a relationship with us. And he also has a theme with the colored robe right? So Joseph gets the colored robe at a very young age while he's still with his father. And if you think about the prodigal son, he gets his robe when he comes back. You know, he leaves and he spends all of his riches. And then after the famine and everything, he's like, all right, I'm going to go to my dad and I'm going to apologize for everything that I've done. And his dad sees him coming and he tells his servants, like, go get everything ready. And, And he places a a robe on his son and it just caught my attention that there is a uh, this is one in old testament and there's one in, in as a parable in new testament but there's a consistency here where these fathers love their son 
and they dressed them in, in colorful clothing. And that caught my attention because it made me think about how God sees us. He sees us as highly favored in his eyes. He loves us. And he dresses us in the best of the best. When you become a part of a kingdom, when you become the part of or become the part, wait, hold on. When you become a part of God's kingdom, you get to have all of that, all of his love. And he dresses you in the best. He, he like, for me as his daughter, he places me in a beautiful gown, a colorful gown, a gown absolutely beautiful. And that is just incredible to think about because a lot of the times it's really hard to even believe that like that God could could love me right like how could God because of all of my like with all of my imperfections with all of my struggles with all of the times that I have failed God continues to love me even though that I've sinned time and time again he continues to love me and the thought came to me one day that and I truly do believe that God placed this on my heart, it's that sin does not disqualify you from your purpose. When God has given you a purpose and a plan to give you life and to give you life abundantly, he did not disqualify you. At any point, he will not disqualify you. When God gives us a purpose, it's not so that later we can disqualify ourselves or that God will look at us and you're like, well, now you're disqualified. No. So a lot of the times when we sin or we fall short of our own expectations, our own beliefs of like, oh my gosh, like there's no way that God can use me. There's no way that God can have a plan for me. That's not true. Sin simply separates us from God. Sin is what created the separation in Eden, what made us just fall, right? It's what causes us to struggle with our flesh constantly, to fall short of, to not hit the mark every time, which is absolutely okay because you know, there's a reason that Jesus gave his life on the cross is so that we could gain life because we are going to fail at times. We are going to fall short. We are going to struggle. But it's all about where our heart lies, our wanting to do better, even if we fail, wanting to draw closer to God, even if we fail. And it's just that idea that like sin does not disqualify you from your purpose. Just because you sinned yesterday or sinned yesterday does not mean that you are unable to step into what God has for you today or even two seconds after. God can work within everything that you do and he can use that to grow you and develop you. And it's just so important because a lot of the times we think that, well, I'm a sinner. There's nothing that God can do with me. And that's not true. Sinning simply means that you're falling short of. Sinning simply means that you didn't hit the right mark, but you can try again and you can keep trying again. That's kind of like when you're learning how to ride a bike. You know, it takes a few times until you actually are able to get the motion of it. And that also doesn't mean that while you're riding that bike, you're not going to fall over one day. Or when you're skateboarding, it doesn't mean that you're not going to tumble down and you're going to have to get back up and keep trying again. Sinning simply means that you are falling short and that you haven't hit the mark, that, you know, there is a set expectation and you just, you missed it. But there is conviction. You know, God just tells us like, hey, try again. But he doesn't tell us like, well, you messed up now. I don't want you anywhere near my kingdom. Take off the gown that I gave you. Strip, strip that off. Take it off. I don't want anything to do with you. That's not it at all. Sin simply separates us from God. All it does is puts a divide between us. And that's where Jesus came in. Jesus is what bridges the gap of that separation. And so through Jesus, we continue to walk with our purpose. 
and, and the life that God has for us is to continue to go to the cross and say, you know what, I, I sinned, uh, I fell short, I, I lied, I stole, I took this thing, I shouldn't have done it. I'm so sorry. Um, I renounce this action. Please, I, I'm please take my sin. And Jesus does. And then you get back up and you keep going in the direction that God has placed before you. And it's just so important to realize that your sin does not disqualify you from your purpose or sin that has been done onto you does not disqualify you from your purpose. If someone has abused you, if someone has hurt you, if someone has told you that you'll never amount to anything, that you need to stop dreaming or that you need to stop going after that one thing or that you'll be just like your mother or you'll be just like your father, that those those words and, and that sin done onto you does not disqualify you from your purpose. I cannot... I cannot stress this enough. That does not disqualify you from your purpose. There's nothing that someone can do to you. There's nothing that someone can say to you that can disqualify you from what God has for you. Because what God has set in stone is set in stone. And it's just incredibly important to think about that for a second and pause and say like, okay, I've struggled with this in the past, but if I keep pushing forward and I keep believing in God, like this, this will be his will for my life, like what God has placed on my heart will be the will for my life. Everything that I have struggled with will only help develop and grow me so that I can later meet someone in that same spot and say, hey, I know exactly what you are going through. And if anything, that same sin can truly help you guide someone else out of it, help you guide someone through that thick forest that can seem so overpowering and easily to be lost in. It's it's grabbing someone by the hand and saying like, hey, I know this path because I have been on this path. I have had the same sin affect my life. And thanks to Jesus, it didn't disqualify me from my purpose. So I will hold your hand and I will help you as you walk out of it because our pain can be someone else's pain as well. And we can help show them that they are not alone. And the whole point of the podcast, again, is to see what God has done with our pain, how he moves, what God can do. And so in the chapter of Joseph in Genesis, you see consistently how he is just highly favored by his father. He's loved, he's cared for, and he has this dream, this prophetic dream that he is going to one day, you know, stand before his brothers and they're all going to bow down to him. And he, he happens to share this dream, um, understandably, very excited, like, hey guys, check this out. And unfortunately, they are they are not happy with it. They're like, no, no, absolutely not. They get very annoyed with him and they plot against him. And this starts a, a domino effect of the sin done unto him because they wanted to kill him and they ended up just selling him into slavery and you know something that you normally would be like gosh that's so unforgivable and yet it's such a difficult thing and God still works with that in Joseph's life you know he goes through this trial and and just well multiple trials where he is just getting beaten down over and over and over again by life and eventually does gain the the favor of the pharaoh and that prophetic dream comes to life he you know stands before his brothers and they bow down to him and that is just a perfect example of sin does not disqualify you from your purpose right because although they sinned onto him, although they mistreated him, and I'm sure that there were words that were exchanged while they were selling him into slavery, things that, you know, should have shattered him, should have broken him down, like it, just the inability to to move forward, and he still did, and he still chose to 
to hold on to God and hold on to God's love because there's in that one chapter um, uh, where someone's wife wanted to sleep with him. And he just says, like, how can I sin against against my God? He still chooses not to act on sin, although he has every reason to be bitter towards God after everything that's happened to him and, and after everything that he found himself in, but he chooses to continue. And even after that, he's thrown into prison because she lies and says that he tried to sleep with me or he tried to have his way with me. He tried to rape me. And he's still consistently just holding on. And all of this sin that's done done onto him, because like she lied against him, his brother sold him into slavery. He has every reason to be upset. But yet at the end of this chapter, he ends up in front of his brothers and they bow down to him. Sin does not disqualify you from your purpose. Whatever struggle that you have dealt with, whatever anyone's ever told you, whatever um, thing that you've had done onto you, it does not disqualify you from your purpose. It is not too late to step into what God has for you. The same can be said about sin that you have done. The prodigal son, same thing. He left and spent all of his all of his inheritance and then had to come back and had a plan to beg for his father's forgiveness, to be a servant for his father. And his father sees him and his father is just so excited. His father runs and sets a whole party and is just incredibly excited. Sin does not disqualify you from your purpose because his purpose was to be the heir to his father, to be loved by, by his father, to gain everything that his father had for him. All the inheritance that his father had, he already gave him some, but it's so clear that he's he has more to give. And so sin does not disqualify you from your purpose. If God has you on a path, he's going to see you through. And it's just so important to notice or to acknowledge that no matter how difficult life may become, God will see you through. No matter the sins that people have done onto you, whether that's things that you just, it seems unforgivable, you know, things that people have said to you, you know, just anything that anyone has done to you or the things that you have done to others that you feel like is unforgivable. And, you know, just how could God ever have a plan for someone like that? It, the, the truth is that when you are free, you are free to indeed. And God brings you life. He gives you new life. He changes your heart completely. And, and that's just to bring you into the full purpose that he has for you. And so we are highly favored. When, when we step into the love that God has for us, he dresses us just like he dressed the prodigal son and Joseph both highly favored, both dressed in a colorful robe. And this is just to encourage you that when you are walking alongside in your relationship with God, you need not only to put the armor of God, but put on that colorful robe. And what does that colorful robe look like? That looks like highly favored, loved, with wisdom, with the Holy Spirit, covered in the blood of Christ. That is what our colorful robe looks like. We walk with so much light and the light onto others. And we have the ability to dip into the authority of the Holy Spirit and help speak life unto others and help pray over others and help seek the kingdom of God. And what the enemy likes to do is that whenever you sin, whenever you fall short, or whenever someone sins towards you is to feel defeated and feel like there can't possibly be a plan for me because I, I, I'm, I'm not worthy. There's no way that I can because I'm not worthy. But that's not true because biblically there are two characters who have either sinned on unto them or have committed, you know, sin and have lived a life of just 
just, I mean, of the world, completely in the world, and one that has been devoted to God and still has the world beating down on them, and both in the end still see God's love and grace. And that's what matters is to just keeping that consistency and knowing that, okay, I might fall short and I might have people mistreat me, but the truth is that this is a fallen world and there is things that are unfortunately going to trip me up. I am going to fall short several times. I am going to have my feelings hurt several times or just things that are impossible to overcome alone. But when you step with God and you walk alongside God, nothing is truly impossible. And to walk alongside God is to fully be dressed and highly favored. And to me, that's to challenge you to walk in favor, right? Because half of the time, it's so easy to tear ourselves down and say, well, you know, how can God have a plan for me? Or I was just doing this yesterday. There's no way that God still has that plan for me. He, he's going to give it to somebody else or he's just completely going to veto the entire thing. And that that's entirely not true. When God has a plan for you, he has a plan for you. And it's just to simply lean on to him because you can't do it with your own strength. That's true. You can't do your plan and purpose from God on your own. You're going to have to give up control. You're going to have to lean on to him. You're going to have to open up to him and give him everything so that he can pour into you because if you're too busy carrying all of your anxiety and your stress and your depression and your struggles and your unforgiveness you don't have any room to pick up what God has for you if you are constantly struggling with your anxiety and your depression and all of these other things which is very normal to struggle with but to want to do it alone to not want to bring God into that space it can be a very big heavy burden and it leaves no room for God and his purpose he has it for you and he wants to give it to you and he has this beautiful rope he has this gorgeous rope that he wants to give you and and have you wear but we're too busy taking the rope off every single time that we sin or every single time that someone says that we're not worthy or that that's never going to happen or are you sure that that's something that God told you to do we instantly just take the robe off and say okay well never mind never mind I don't I don't I don't know if this is something that I'm supposed to do and I'm I'm definitely one to talk I'm definitely one who has struggled with that so much but I I can definitely say that God continues to be consistent in his word for me and I continue to hold on to him but do I have days where I struggle absolutely do I have days where I definitely don't feel like I'm worthy absolutely but I have to try and remember that I am highly favored. I am loved so much so that Jesus gave his life for me. And I also got a beautiful robe. Out of everything that you get to have, it's just this gorgeous robe filled with love, filled with purpose. And to take it off, to feel like you're not worthy. I, I've heard so many stories where people have wanted to pray for someone and they say no you know, and they walk away. And I absolutely understand if prayer makes somebody uncomfortable, but just not even wanting to keep the ability of, of prayer, you know, not, not feeling worthy of, of prayer. That's absolutely understandable to, to not even feel worthy of prayer, but we rob ourselves. It's like someone saying like, Hey, like I have this incredible gift for you. Let me just hand it to you. And it's because of that awkwardness. You're like, no, 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 no. I'm not interested. And I get that. I do. I was that type of person too, but it's, we rob ourselves of all of God's goodness and glory. And we 
like I said earlier, we will tell ourselves, we don't need any help. I always say, I don't need any help adding stress onto myself. I don't need any help tearing myself down. I can do that on my own. And I have had to redirect my mindset and say, okay, well, I'm highly favored and I'm loved. I have had to redirect and say, God does have a purpose and plan for me. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. And that God came and came so that we could have life abundantly because the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. And God came so that we would have life and have it abundantly. And so whenever we sin, whenever we fall short, we want to take that robe off. We don't want to feel worthy. We don't want to walk in that in that purpose and plan. And I have to just again, stressed and and, and encourage you that do not take your robe off. Whatever you do, don't take. God will never take that robe off of you. So don't take the robe off. Go on knowing that you are highly favored and that you belong to an incredible kingdom where God has such an incredible plan, each plan individual. So if we compare, if we were to compare our purposes with the purpose of other people, that is where we're really going to fall. Because God has a plan for us that is specifically curated to our personality, to who we are, to what we love, to what is in our heart, to what he has for us based off of our past experiences and past struggles. And so if we're looking at one person and saying like, well, why doesn't my life look like that? It's because you don't have the same path that they have. You have a completely different path. You should embrace the path that God has you on and always be excited for what God has next for you. And it's incredibly difficult when you you're so caught up in tearing yourself down when it's easier to believe the worst in you than 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 to believe the best in you and I once heard my pastor say that fear and faith are the same thing they are both believing in something that you cannot see and it really is all about shifting your attention from fear to faith because if we can believe in 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 the worst case scenario why can't we believe in the best best case scenario you know why why do we take everything, our shortcomings, and just hold on to that more than all of our accomplishments. Because no matter what you face in life next, you have faced so much more in the past and you have yet overcome that. And there's so much more that you will overcome. And it's just the importance of putting the armor of God on and remembering that you are highly favored. And I, what I encourage is just to imagine yourself, imagine yourself in a beautifully colored gown, imagine yourself in a beautiful, beautifully colored robe, highly favored, completely anointed with the love of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, that Jesus thought that we were so worth dying on the cross for, that we were so important to the kingdom of God, that it meant everything, everything, that he did not despise the cross so that we could have life abundantly. And it's just that incredible truth behind that, to look at everything that God has for us and, and, and have our hands open versus saying, like, I don't deserve it. So what if we don't deserve it? You know, we, we have struggled over and over and over again. And it's not about deserving. It's about enjoying and being a child again before God. It's like kids, right? You give a child a lollipop, they're just, they're overjoyed. Even if they just spent the past 20 minutes crying, freaking out over who knows what. But you give them a lollipop, they're great. They're not going to tell you, I don't deserve this lollipop anymore. They're like, oh, great, thanks, moving on. It's about not ruining your entire day and seeing that there is so much more for you in that day.
And what I mean by that is uh, ruining, it's like waking up on the wrong side of the bed and just choosing to be fearful, choosing to be filled with stress and anxiety and choosing to carry that instead of being like, you know what, let me just, let me put this at the feet of Jesus and take on the robe that I have and put on the armor of God and try to make today the best possible day because we are not promised tomorrow. We really aren't. The fact that I've made it to today is incredible. The fact that you've made it to today is incredible, but we aren't promised. Our loved ones could die tonight, could die tomorrow. And we take the littlest things for granted. It's so much easier to discredit ourselves, to take ourselves apart or take others apart. And then when the day does come where it's the last thing that you've said to someone, you don't want that to be the last thing that you think about. You want to truly be rooted in Christ and enjoy every single moment and live in those moments because you don't know when you'll get them again. So truly believe that you are walking in God's purpose for your life, wherever it is, wherever it is. If you are, if you are a janitor and you are cleaning up after a big event, what an incredible thing to do just to serve, right? Because we think too much about being high up and getting all of this stuff done. And before we can even be able to handle such things we first need to be able to appreciate the people that help those things come about what it, what do I mean I mean a concert right for a concert a concert to function you need to have door holders you need to have ticket masters or people who are checking the tickets you need to have set up you need to have people who are carrying everything you need to have the people who clean the aisles for everything to run smoothly it, you need to have those people. So before you can even get onto that stage, you need to know what it's like to be down and serving and being able to give that time so that when you are up there, you're able to appreciate it. So same thing with Joseph. He had to be a slave first. And it's not that it was just his, you know, dream. But when he was there and then he moved up, he was able to truly appreciate what that is like the struggle behind that, just like the prodigal son's um, story. He became a servant, and but he knew that at least at his father's house, he would be treated well as a servant. And it's just the idea of like whether you're at the top of the rank or at the bottom of the rank, we're, in God's kingdom, we're all equal. We're all together. We're all moving alongside each other. There is no one greater and there is no one less. The simple ability to be able to serve for others and to be there for others is what it's all about. And it's about realizing that sin does not disqualify you from your purpose. It's not about feeling like, well, there can't possibly be a plan for me because I have all of this of a a track record. That's wiped completely clean and you can help and serve and be there for other people and allow others to be there for you to ask for help and have them help you. It's being highly favored and being a part of an incredible community and helping lend a hand to others who have not yet discovered that for themselves. Helping others realize that there is a God who loves them and has a plan and purpose for them and who wants to give them this beautiful, beautiful robe and fill them with his love and just guide them through life and that no matter what happens, no one can take that robe off. And it's just realizing that we take the robe off. We say, okay, well, I, you know, again, I messed up. I'm going to take this off. But it's, it's also realizing that like, Your sin does not disqualify you from your purpose. Once you're in, you're in. Like God wants everything to do with you. And it's that simple. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated. It doesn't need to be thought over, over and over again and saying like, okay, well, I have to earn my way. I have to earn this robe. It's not like a frat or fraternity. Um, Yeah, a frat, 
right, fraternity, listen, I'm here. It's not even about a sorority. Like, it's nothing you have to do to earn your keep. It's simply being in the presence of God and allowing him to move in your life and give you everything that he has for you. And it's accepting it, too, because a lot of the times we don't want to accept what God has for us. We don't want to believe that there is a plan and a purpose for us. And it's that challenge of, I dare you to believe. What would you do? What would you do if you knew you could not fail, right? Like if if you knew without a shadow of a doubt that there was nothing that you could not do because God is next to you and God will see you through, what would you do? And even if there is a door that closes, it means that there's a better one about to come. If there's another door waiting for you and it has bigger and better plans, how much better could it be, right? It's like when you have something... Um, for your friend and they're wanting to buy they're wanting to buy themselves like let's say your friend has really wanted to start reading like a book series and they're very excited about it and they're like oh my gosh I'm gonna buy the book and you're like don't buy the book don't buy it like it, it's not even that good anyways and they're like no I heard all over TikTok everyone is like like just talking about it and you're like don't because you already have bought them the entire series and you're just waiting for the right moment to give it to them and it's just that patience and peace and knowing that God has a plan for you and even if a door closes, it means that another better one is going to open. And it can be hard sometimes when you're stuck in this place where you're like, I, I, I can't, I can't see what God has for me. I don't, what could God possibly have for me right now? Like I'm constantly sitting and, and stuck and feeling trapped and, and I, I, what, what, I don't, how, and it's, it's understanding that like, go after, go after it without fear of failing and if something doesn't go according to your plan that is your plan and your your own expectation but the creator of the world of the universe has better plans and better expectations and we have such a tunnel vision it's about seeing it from such a from it's kind of like when you're walking on the ground and you have such limited vision because all of the buildings are blocking your view you know, you're on a mountain and you're walking and it looks like a tiny hill until you get closer and then the hill gets bigger and optical illusions. Like these are all things that, you know, our our minds even play tricks on us. But when you get on a plane and you go up and you kind of see the landscape and you truly see how everything's laid out and it opens your eyes to being like, oh dear, like there's so much more than what I could have ever expected. And that's why I say <laughs> you are highly favored and sin does not disqualify you from your purpose. Do not rely on your own understanding, but rely on God's understanding and his plan and purpose for you. In Matthew six thirty three, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. As long as you continue to wear your robe, as long as you continue to seek God and you continue to seek his righteousness, all things will be added to you. The right doors will open, the wrong people will be removed, and you will begin to feel such a peace regardless of where you find yourself, even if you sin. All that all that does is simply mean that you or all that means is that you simply feel short of an expectation. But that does not mean that it disqualifies you from God's purpose in your life. And so continue to seek that and continue to just go after it and to not lean on your own understanding. Don't only believe in what you can do and what what it's only visible to you at the time and place. It's to believe more in what God has for you and to believe that there is a plan and purpose for your life. Again, it's just an incredible verse. I encourage you to write it down or repeat it or meditate, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day, it is its own trouble. And again, 
we can tear ourselves down, we can stress all we want, we can carry all of this load, but if we're carrying that, we leave no room for God to work in our lives and no room for Him to give us what He has for us. And if we're overworking ourselves, then we're even too exhausted and too tired to even go after what He has for us because we've been going on a marathon of our own and there's one over here that God has set up with all of the words and we can't even run it because we've just been running nonstop. Our minds have been going, we've been staying up late. We haven't allowed ourselves any source of peace. And it's just that knowing and understanding that, okay, I'm highly favored. Let me wear the armor of God. Let me wear my robe. Let me wear my colorful robe. And let me step into what God has for me. And even if I fall short, even if I want to discredit myself, just to simply believe that there is a plan and a purpose for me. You are highly favored. It's true that God loves you exactly as you are. Yes, exactly you, exactly where you are, who you are, what you've got on. He loves you exactly as you are. I cannot stress this enough. He loved you from the moment that you came to be in your mother's womb. Forget anything anyone has ever told you or whatever thing that you feel you've ever done that could never allow you to be loved by God or be worth of his attention or be able to say a simple prayer because it would never get higher than the ceiling. Forget Forget all of that. And just lean in and just, again, I, I, can't, I can't stress this enough. Simply lean in to the one very strong yet simple truth. You are loved and highly favored. Others' opinions of you are not facts. Yet what God says about you is not only a fact, but rooted in love. Jesus came to put to death our shortcomings, our sins, so that we could truly be embraced by God's love because he wanted to love us, wanted to draw near to us. No matter where you go, he goes with you. And I know that at times it can feel like, where is God in this moment? What What is God doing? Like, it, there, you know, I my life has been absolutely horrible. I don't see how God ever could pay attention to me. And I, I, I 100% understand where that's coming from. But... Your dismissal of acknowledging him does not mean that his lack of presence isn't there, right? Because the sun rises every single morning and sets and the moon appears. Just because we don't look out the window one night doesn't mean that the moon isn't sitting there. Just because we're not awake for when the sun rises doesn't mean that it didn't peek over. And just because that in your hardest moments, you didn't see God doesn't mean he wasn't there things could have been so much worse and yet you are still here you're holding on but you're still here and I'm telling you that you are highly favored you are loved beyond any love that could ever compare here on earth you are loved by the same God that created the heaven and earth who knows you by your name, who placed you in your mother's womb and who has this gorgeous gown and robe and simply wants to place this upon you because you are highly favored, you are loved, you are important, you do have a plan and a purpose and the sin that has been done onto you and sin that you have done yourself does not disqualify you from the purpose that God has for you. It doesn't remove any ability of God moving in your life. It doesn't disqualify you from being able to step into what God has for you. For God has a plan and a purpose and he wants to hold your right hand and walk with you as you do. And 
all that God wants is for us to invite him in. All he wants is for us to welcome him into our lives because we have a loving God who is respectful and kind and does not force himself onto us. A lot of the times that's what it can feel like growing up or being in society where it's it feels like other people who have a belief with God and are Christians or are Baptists or are Methodists, like depending, it doesn't really matter the um, the section in which they're in, but more so their actions. For example, a child can grow in an incredibly loving household and still be kind of crude. Another child can grow up in a very dysfunctional household and be kind. The actions of the child does not represent the parent. Not always. There are many times where I'm sure that you and I have both done something that would have been not exactly smiled upon with our parents. Something that they were like, "Mm, no, absolutely not. We probably got in trouble for it. Same thing. Your relationship with God is not a reflection of what you see with other people. If someone comes in the name of Jesus, but is saying hurtful and mean things, that has a lot more to say about them than it does about God. If I wear a t-shirt of, let's say, a company that I work at, and I am caught on video telling people um, off, just being incredibly disrespectful and rude and crude and all of this stuff, that company's going to get a bad rap just for being associated with me. So if anyone has ever done anything to you, from or in the name of Jesus and it wasn't in a place of love and care I am so sorry and I apologize on their behalf if they hurt you but a relationship between God and you is a relationship between God and you and I encourage you to allow God into your life I encourage you to allow God to move in your life and show you his true character, not his character from someone who is wearing a cross necklace and, and said something to you that, that did not come from a place of kindness. It's one thing for someone to want to guide and lead and just highlight something in your life that they want to help in. They say like, hey, I've noticed you've been doing this lately. Are you doing okay? Do you think that's a good idea? It's another thing for someone to tell you you're going to hell because it's not their place to tell you that. They don't have the authority to tell you that. And so again, I just feel the need to express God's love and favor and how you are not disqualified. No one else can take what God has for you. What God has for you, it's specifically for you. If no one else understands your relationship with God, that's absolutely okay. Because no one else should understand your relationship with God. It's between you and him. It's completely different from their relationship with him. And if you're already a believer and you're already walking with God and you're struggling sometimes to believe that you are worthy of this relationship with him, to believe that you can be loved by him. It's a constant struggle to want to believe that the God who created the universe wants to take his time to be with us and to grow us and develop us and our own insecurities can get in the way of the truth. Again, the simple truth that God loves us and he knew us from the moment that we entered our mother's womb. When God took on the responsibility of sending his son to die on the cross, 
and knowing well what was to come by doing that. He did not say, never mind. Even when Jesus was praying and said, is there, there, is there another way? God sent him strength to continue to do what he needed him to do so that he could have a relationship with us. At no point did God regret doing it. At no point that God tried to change it because he was determined to have a relationship with us. And it can be very hard to feel worthy of anything. Imposter syndrome is a real thing. Some of us work really hard for our titles, for where we are. You know, went to school for a long time, started at a new job, became a mom, a dad. And it's natural to feel unworthy. But can we normalize? Can we absolutely normalize feeling worthy of something in the presence of God? And, and not in the sense in, in the way that it's like, you know, I work really hard and I stepped on people to get here. I'm talking about simply waking up and saying that I am worthy. I am worthy to take on this responsibility. I am worthy to step into everything that I'm doing because I'm not doing it alone. I'm doing it alongside with God. He is choosing to be with me in this moment. He is choosing to go alongside my life with me. He chooses to place me in situations to be the light onto others. He chose me. He chose me. He chose me. No matter what I do, no matter what I've done, no no matter what I'm going to do in the near future, he is not going to look at me and say, never mind, get out of here. If anything, he's going to continue to lean, 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 lean closer into me and into you. And it's a love that only can be felt when one truly submits. And, and it's, it's just simply, it's so simple to simply say like, you know what, Lord, I've done it my way. It's hard. But at least if things get hard, I can have you by my side. Do with my life what you will. Because God has true good intentions. God can see the outcome. God knows where you're headed. What better planner to have than God? We focus so much on having an interior decorator, on having a hairstylist, on having a wedding planner, on having a con- like a contractor. What is different about simply asking God to do life with you? Have him plan your wedding in the near future. Have him place the right person for you who is equally yoked to you. Have God bring you to the right house that is meant for you. Have God place you on a great traveling journey. Let him be your travel guide. What is so bad about letting God step into your life and about being highly favored? If it's the fear of, I'm going to have to change everything of who I am, that's not true. There's not a thing that you have to change. Right where you are right now, you don't have to drop anything. You don't have to change your clothing for God loves you exactly where you are right now. And that's simple truth. And as you grow in your relationship with God, if you yourself feel inclined to change something, to shift your mood on something, to forgive a person, then that's simply the Holy Spirit guiding you into a better life. When I say better life, Forgiving someone, for example, letting go of that pain, healing from that pain when the Holy Spirit knows that you're ready. There's nothing that you have to do in this particular moment to accept Jesus into your life. There's this misconception, again, that you have to be perfect, clean, all of these things. You have to be off of certain stuff. And that's not true. Jesus wants you exactly where you are. 
It's not my place to tell you, here's a checklist of all the things that you need to do in order to qualify for this club. Not accurate. It's as simple as just saying, you know what, Jesus, come be my partner in life. Come guide me and lead me. Come be my planner. Come be my travel guide. Come help me do everything. And at least then you know that all the plans that he has for you are to grow you. And no matter what you do, because again, I feel this is important for a believer who's been doing it for 10 years, as someone who's about to step into a relationship with God, sin does not disqualify you from your purpose. So if you fall, if you do pick up an old habit, if you do say something mean to someone, or if you do let your anger or your emotions get the best of you, take a pause, breathe, and acknowledge that, okay, I fell short again, but Jesus loves me. He's with me. I have a partner. I'm not doing this alone anymore. And I'm forgiven immediately after it happened. I can just pick up where I left off and continue to go after what he's placed me to do. Whatever he places on your heart, whether it's to pay for someone's coffee, you are worthy of doing that, right? Or whether it's starting a ministry, you're worthy of doing that. Don't allow that inner thought, that lie, that you're not worthy, that you're you're incapable of doing it because... Us alone, yes, we're very incapable of moving forward because we're our biggest enemies. We trip, we fall, we hold ourselves back. But when you're with God, he He lifts you up constantly. He picks you up constantly. He is there constantly. And his little whispers that he'll give you, the nudge here and there that you'll feel, all I have to say is, you. what do you have to lose? If I already told you there's nothing that you have to change, what do you have to lose by trying? Again, I encourage you, at least, if you take anything, is to walk in knowing that you are highly favored. Put on that gown and robe, whichever one you'd like. If you'd like a robe, put on the robe. If you'd like a gown, put on the gown. And walk knowing that when you place that on, when you put it on, you cannot take it back off. Once it's on, it's on. It's, it's completely on. Because you are highly favored, you are anointed, you are set apart for a plan and a purpose. And also walk in knowing that sin does not disqualify me from my purpose. Whatever that God has for me is, is, is yours. Just be willing to reach out and take it. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Right? A lot of the times people talk about like, if you had three wish- wishes, what would you wish for? Same thing, right? God is not a genie, but we have the ability of prayer and yet we... We constantly overlook it because we don't want to pray. It feels uncomfortable. We don't think that our prayer will, will go anywhere. And it's believing that God can hear you and pray and see what happens. Pray that God reveals to you what he wants you to do that day. Pray that God reveals to you what he has planned, what, what excitement is set before you. And go after it without fear of fail. And again, failure does not mean that you're never going to make it. If anything, it means improvement. It means fixing what needs attention, right? If you're building something and it collapses, it just simply means it needs a stronger foundation. So you know where to put your focus on and your attention. If you are someone that struggles with patience, I'm using myself for example, I struggle strongly with patience. And so sometimes I fail constantly with patience. God has shown me time and time again to redirect my attention to my patience because I lack patience. And now, moving forward, I can better wait and be patient and breathe 
and wait on his time than on my own. Failure does not mean the end. Failure simply means that you just got to redirect your attention to something that God wants you to notice. It's important to just rest, to not overthink it, to not say, well, there's a million and different things that I have to do that God expects me to do. And if I don't do it, then, you know, I'm not going to get there. And, and that's not true. Again, it, it's, it's simply being there with him, accepting all that he has for you, walking around favored, loved, highly blessed, and bringing a light to others who probably need that too. It's okay to have difficult days. We are only human. We are constantly trying to figure out and find our place. But it gets so much easier when you're walking alongside Jesus and you know that wherever you end up, wherever you go, there is a place for you. It says in Psalms 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. It's that simple. Sometimes it's it's so simple, it's hard to believe, it's hard to grasp, it doesn't seem real. You're like, really? That it has to be harder than that, but it's not. It really is not. I don't know what else to say other than you're highly favored. What else to say, but your sin does not disqualify you. Whatever someone's done onto you, whatever pain that you you struggle with, whatever thing that you've done that you feel like is unforgivable, you're still highly favored. You're still loved by God. And you would be amazed how many people out there have similar stories to you and have come to find that God's grace, love, and peace is enough, is enough. With that being said, I think we've come to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that this made a difference, you know, in, in how you approach your relationship with God and if it piqued your interest with having a relationship with God. It's just as simple as being highly favored. There's nothing you have to do, no checklist you have to complete. I encourage you today to not take a thing for granted. We're not promised that we'll get home. We're not promised that we'll make it to work. We're not promised that we'll see that person again. So live as though today is the only day that you get and live it knowing that God will see you through whatever it is that you face. Because it does say in scripture, in James 4, 14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Proverbs 21 one say or says, do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring. Matthew 6.34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day it is its own trouble. I encourage you to not take a thing for granted today. I pray that God reveals to you all the goodness that he has for you today to give you a spirit of cheer and joy, to see the world in all its color and beauty and to reach out to those that you care about deeply and dearly and that you be granted patience and love, to be filled with his love and joy. And I hope that that this was helpful to you. I hope that you were able to draw near to God in these minutes 
um, that you listened to the podcast. All right. Well, until next time, I'm excited to see what season two brings. Thank you so much for listening to What God Has Done With My Pain. As always, a huge shout out to Lazuli for her song, No Greater Love, that has helped make this podcast come to life. You can find her on Spotify and Instagram at Lazuli P-R-O-J and at We The New Breed, where you'll find artists using their gifts to glorify God. Swing by at What Way This Way on Instagram to catch some behind-the-scenes snippets. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss a single interview. In the meantime, I would love to hear from you on social media or email. Until the next episode.